wouldn't even get pregnant with like a ghost baby. What if I got pregnant then? Ghost baby. You wouldn't know. Maybe you had it and you never saw it. <laughs> that's that's what happens. It just bled out of me. <laughs> it's like a queef. <laughs> oh my God. Every once in a while you feel a tug on your shirt and you're like, what was that? Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Joy. And this is The, the residuals. residuals, your favorite spot for true, firsthand account, paranormal, unexplainable, what the F was that stories. That's right. There, so there you go. That's us. Um, so today we have a special guest with us. Um, we're going to be talking to Carrie, and she is one half of the fabulous podcast Mom to Raj, uh, which is very exciting. Super excited to have her here. It's so exciting. <gasps> and here she is. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, how are you? You know, you know, stuck in a car with a kid who didn't have dinner and the Holland oh. Tunnel got in a big fight with the husband. You know, you know, oh good. God. I'm so happy to be with you guys and to be drinking an alcoholic beverage. Carrie. Yes. I don't know how, like, I can't properly describe the things that happened in my brain when I was listening to your podcast and you gave out the number and it was 201. And I was like, Jersey. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Dirty jurors, bitches. <laughs> so I'm I'm like a from Jersey girl. Then I moved to this New York for 25 years. And then I have mm. found my way just this year during the pandemic Lovato. I came back here and we bought a house because it's really hard to raise a child who's a Scorpio, a girl Scorpio three-year-old in a two-bedroom no. apartment. It's no. really difficult. No, no. No, we were. I grew up in Connecticut, so you and I should technically be mortal enemies. But um, I grew up. That's in where my ghost story occurs <gasps> is in Connecticut. Yes, of course it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was in the city for a long time. Had a baby. We were like, we can't stay here. What do we do? And we started looking at Jersey as well. But then Los Angeles seemed more suited to yes. my husband's career. Um, I used to live in LA. I lived there on my own for like seven years, steady before Mm -hmm. that. And it was always an option to go back to because I worked there and I really liked it. But um, we picked Jersey to be close to my family. So yeah, do it. We have no family in the same country, let alone town. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for you because we, my mom's not close, but close enough that if Lee and I don't want to be a parent for four days. We can meet her in the turnpike and just drop the kid off and not oh be a parent God. for four days. Oh, oh God. 
No, my mom is in <sighs> Florida. My brother's in Florida. My sister's in Connecticut. Yeah. My in-laws are in Rochester and Brooklyn. So yeah, we're the yeah. Um, Rochester's us. the closest to the West. Coast. And that's not even. Yes. Rochester, New York, in case right. anyone's confused. Right. That was the one other of side of the country. <laughs> right. Rochester, New York, which is right by where the hell of a dip factory is, if I might add. Oh. Thank you. Ooh, I, I lived like in it. Rochester for I a hot like minute. It. Hell of a good dip is the shit. And yes. I do not know why they don't sell it out here. Someone is listening. Maybe. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Oh, God, please. I will send it to you. Hello. Oh, what are your friends for? Oh, my God. I love you so much. I just recently sent snacks from New York to Israel for my friend Israel. So that's how I'm committed to sending people snacks. I'm committed. I will send you. I will send you dip. Joy, you got to tell me what you want from the East Coast. An apartment. Yes. <laughs> for myself. Well, I'll work on it. Okay. I'll work on it. When you and I were talking the other day, you told me that you have a listener who was listening to Why Mommy Drinks, emailed you and was like, I heard these girls from the residuals on Betsy's show. You need to, you know, contact check, them. Yeah, contact them. And it's like, this, the person that communicated this to you is not someone that we know personally or that we had to bribe. Right. I mean, I have her email. You can thank her. She was like, <laughs> yeah, yes. what is her name? Yeah, uh, her name is Jillian Kubiak, K-U-B-I-A-K, Jillian okay. Kubiak. Jillian. Thank you, Jillian. Jillian, yeah, I'm, God. I, I don't know you, Jillian. But I'm just going to take a drunk girl in a toilet moment and tell yes. you that I love you. She knows you. you. Yes. I love you. <laughs> you are amazing, Jillian. Yep. Thank and you so much for making this you. happen. It is fucking wild, though. It's totally wild. So I have to ask, can I curse on the show? I Fuck since yes. No. Okay, just Fuck checking. yes. Because I can be a good girl and I have to, but I prefer not to. No, no. I don't. I'm real bad at it. I okay. don't have any reason to. I don't okay. go to grown up jobs. I have been self-employed for a very I've long never time. Had a grown up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> My daughter's Montessori school. The teachers have just started listening because they heard <laughs> that I was a podcaster. And I was like, yeah. listen, listen, I just want to warn you. They're like, we want to hear. I'm like, I, I mean, I would love your support. However... Right. I would say in a month, I talk about the smell of my vagina at least three episodes a month, and we only <laughs> do four a month. Right. So if you're okay with knowing about the very particular smells of my vagina, and then also teaching my kid Montessori, then you can listen. But I'm sure. just, I'm just warning you. Yep. Content warning. And today I'm going to talk about my vagina with you too. So it's just, a, it's a hot topic. Fantastic. Listen, I love a vagina, so. <laughs> All I know is that we've got a little bit of everything for everybody everything. coming mm -hmm. from you today. Mm -hmm. One of them being about your golden chalice of happiness. Yes. Please. Is that hurry. the one? Should I start with the big one first? Do, what, do you whatever know what? you want. Just throw it at me. Okay. Whatever you want. So because I, I listened to your show, I'm going to give you a little bit of background because I know some of the questions that you normally ask. I've come prepared. Okay. Thank you. That's right. Thank you. That's Thank you. right. Um, I'm that kind of girl. Um, I My family, I come from a very Italian and very Irish family, and they were like 
they make the best really. And like my dad, my mom's family, who's Irish was like offended that she married an Italian and the Italians were like offended. It was like the first time they like intermixed. Naturally. It was like basically an inner, they considered that an interracial relationship back in yeah. olden times. Yeah. Isn't, but you know, so anyway, the Italian side of my family and I've talked to other old school, old world Italian people, mm-hmm. ghosts and stuff like that was like, we talked about that stuff all the time. Almost the whole entire family believed in it. I think culturally it's not a thing. It's just like, well, of course, of course right. there's ghosts. And right. I hope they come to you because good. So I just want to say that I have always been a little bit touched with something, Um not necessarily seeing ghosts per se visually up until this point of the story that I'm going to tell you, but like lots of deja vu, lots of intuition. I get a lot of very vivid dreaming that comes true. My birth story has to do with me knowing that I was going to die, die in childbirth, writing in an email. And then my mom being there. And when she started to see me look bad, she's like, Carrie wrote me an email about this and told the doctor to check my placenta. And I had was bleeding out and I was hovering over my body. Shut the fuck and I had, up. I, I had sent it. I sent a dated email to my partner and my mom saying, I just had a premonition about three things. These are the three things. Let it be noted. Wow. Wait, okay. Now you have to tell us what that is because I'm not going to be able to concentrate on your vagina while I am thinking. About okay. That. So the three premonitions were one was that. Either my last doctor's appointment before I had the baby or like the day that I was supposed to go in to have the baby, there would be some sort of disaster a la 9-11, but not as big. And I would not be able to make it into the city for my doctor's appointment. That one came true. My second premonition was that I would bleed out and die or almost die in childbirth, but I bleed out hemorrhage, full hemorrhage. Third one was that my dog would pass soon after my baby was born. Like very soon. That's the only one that didn't come true. He's still alive. So the day of my last doctor's, the Wednesday of my last, you know, your last where they like, are like, Mm -hmm. Oh, what are we going to do? I wake up and there's my phone has a disaster warning on it. All the subways are closed. There's a bomb at the time Warner center. Oh, the city and my hospital was behind the Time Warner Center. Oh, shit. shit. And it was a real bomb sent to Fox News. Yeah. Time Warner. They had to send a robot in there. And what year was that? uh, 2018. Yeah. October. Oh, my God. It was probably like I gave birth on the 30th. It was probably like October. If it was my last appointment, October 18th, October 20th, somewhere in there. I don't know. Holy One of those days. So that was the first thing. So I was like, well, fuck. Check. Oh no. Oh god. So then I, you know, I did try to do all the hippie shit and like wanted natural labor and all that stuff. And then labored for two and a half days and then oh the epidural. And then I had to have emergency C-section, the whole nine. So mm-hmm. as I'm they're doing the C-section. I just start not feeling right. I start not feeling right. And I'm trying to talk and no words are coming out. I realize that I'm thinking I'm saying something I'm not. I like, they give me my baby. I like start to drop her because I'm like so out of it. They take her away from me. I managed to whisper to somebody, is she okay? Because I was so out of it. I couldn't tell. And the nurse was like, she's beautiful. She's fine. And when they said she's beautiful, she's fine. I just like let myself go. And I started to hover over my body. I could see my body above my body. 
I like was being, it felt like I was being snapped back and forth between hovering over my body and being in my body, like, like a weird, like rubber band or umbilical cord really kind of thing. So I go into recovery, the recovery room and my mom's there and she, my mom's a, a ER nurse. She retired right before I had the baby. So she's seen some shit. She's right. an ER nurse in Atlantic City. Oh and God. Oof. Yeah. So she has seen. Yeah. All the, all shit. the shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. So she goes, Carrie, you don't look good. Your skin doesn't look good. Are you okay? And she promised me she, after I sent her that premonition, she's like, I will pay attention to you when everyone's paying attention to the baby. I will make mm-hmm. sure that you are okay. I will make sure you don't die. Okay. Okay. And she has learned to trust my premonitions because almost everyone has come true. And she used to be a naysayer, but now she's like, I believe that Carrie has some sort of something because this is not the first time, right. you know? Um, so yeah. So I was in recovery and I managed to whisper when she was like, you don't look good. I said, I am losing time. <gasps> and then I just went, White And my mom said from working in the ER, people say crazy shit like that right before they pass. She's like, I am losing time. That's like the weirdest shit to say. Right, right, right. So she calls over and and my vitals still looked good at this point, but they were getting ready to drop pretty aggressively. Mm -hmm. And my mom calls the excuse me. My mom calls the nurse uh, nurses over and they lift up the sheet. And my mom said it looked like worse than the worst gunshot wound she'd ever seen covering everything. No. Oh no. And then I was floating outside my body and I kept hearing things like prep OR room, whatever, uh, give me four units of blood, like whatever. And I, in my head, cause I'm kind of funny, humble bag. I'm kind of funny. I heard, <laughs> well, fuck whoever that is, is fucked in my I'm floating over yeah, and I'm yeah. hearing it and I see like all these doctors swarming and I'm like god that sucks whoever's on the table this is some fucking ER shit like I'm saying oh it to myself god. I'm like yeah they're fucking that's bad and then I'm like oh that's me <laughs> so they give me the blood tra- I'm like floating outside my body when they give me the blood transfusion I get snapped back into my body they have to give me a second epidural I like got snapped back into my body. I remember hitting on my doctor when they, when I went for the two minutes I was back in my body, I was like, she was lovely. Dr. Francis. I was like, your skin is so soft and you smell. (laughs) And she goes, thank you. And I was like, and I go, can I lay on your shoulder and kiss? Oh my God. Okay. And I put my head on her shoulder. I kissed her. Then she put me back down. Then I was out of my body again. And then the next time I came back to my body was like the next day. Oh my God. So, so that one came true. My dog got really sick right after, but he didn't pass. So that one didn't come true. Thank God. Okay. Oh I have a, I have a question wow. for you about the premonitions. Do they come yes. to you when you're asleep or do, are they, is it more like a, it just hits you when you're awake? Uh, they when you're primarily, I've always been a ridiculously vivid dreamer, mm-hmm. like to the point where like I've gone to a sleep study and I don't have that much REM sleep because my dreams are just like my, my. I'm constantly in a fight or flight because my dreams are like so vivid and I can recall a large amount of them when I wake up and I've always, always have always. Yeah. And so they kind of come to me in a dream or I won't remember the dream. And then midday I'll have a deja vu moment and it'll trigger. Like, for instance, I one time predicted my brother was going to drown. Sorry, we're really going off topic here. It's okay. In high school. We used to go, my family used to go to Ocean City, Maryland for like an entire week and just mm-hmm. like be like silly 
nasty, a nasty beach vacation kind of people. Yeah. And, we used to do that too. We yeah, just go upstate like, Connecticut. Yeah, totally. Totally. And so, um, I was doing my summer readings. I went to, I went to private Catholic school and I was like reading the grapes of wrath or some shit like that. Cause I'm, you know, Irish Catholic. <laughs> this is my has. life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, I remembered. So when, when I woke up that morning, I like remembered I had a dream, but I couldn't really remember too many details. So we went with another family and the families would switch who cooked dinner and who cooked breakfast. So the friends were cooking breakfast and they're like, we're out of eggs. We're having dinner for breakfast, mac and cheese. And I was like, that was in my dream. That was in my dream. In my dream, we were having dinner for breakfast. It was back in my shoes. I was like, another deja vu moment. And I was like, there was more to that dream, but I can't remember it. And so then I'm sitting on the beach. I'm like, that's so funny. I had another premonition that was in my dream. How weird. So I'm mm. sitting on the beach. My stepmom was pregnant with my sister. This is my, my, my steps, my half sister, my half brother, my half brother was already alive. He was like seven, six mm. little kid. And she had taken my brother out in the waves without a swimmy because this is olden time. So like, fuck swimmies, just let your kids almost die in the ocean, you know, uh -huh, whatever. Uh -huh. She probably yeah. had a cigarette in her mouth, whatever, you know, and we were in the ocean and I'm reading Grapes of Wrath. And all of a sudden I'm like the other part of the dream aside from mac and cheese is that Michael, my brother and Kathy, my stepmom drowned. And I look up and I'm like getting out of my chair and I see a gigantic wave hit my extremely pregnant stepmother who can't swim. Oh, my God. God. And she drops my brother in deep water. No. And I'm already like halfway up <gasps> as it happens. And then my dad, I'm a strong swimmer. My dad's a strong swimmer. My dad sees me pop up and is like, what? So my, uh, me and my dad were already at the water, like by the time he went in. Oh, my God. And my dad was like, you get Michael. I'll get Kathy. And I like went in and I got him. And by this time, the lifeguards had seen what happened and came. And the only reason why I think they were okay is because I was like almost at the base of the water. Right. By the time it like was going down. You were up before you should have been if you didn't. Right. Yeah. Because they were like, she hadn't dropped him yet. Oh yeah. my God. And it, I remembered mac and cheese, brother drowning, like at that moment. So usually it happens like that, where I'll have a dream and then something will feel like deja vu. And then in my mind, it'll connect. Oh my God. In that dream. Now I'm remembering that this also happened. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. I feel like Please oh and I've, every psychic I've ever went to was like, you know, your site, you know, you have a gift. And I was like, I do. I don't know how to harness it really it right. comes and goes but it's very common in like in my family is what I was saying is to like so I think I've always been touching also that side of the family never thought it was weird so almost everybody on my Italian side has a little something because we didn't block it off because it was like accepted in my family like it's kind of good luck if a dead person comes to you yeah you know mm -hmm. so you kind of like expect it mm -hmm. like when are they going to come back to say if yeah. you're lucky right Okay, good. It's that is remarkable. It's it is it is remarkable. Because the thing is, is that you, you saying that you know you've seen psychics and they've all said to you that you know you're you know that you have this ability and you know you personally feeling that you don't know how to harness it. It's like yeah, but your brain does, and it's when mm -hmm. you're unconscious and it's when you're not necessarily really working on trying to yeah 
get it, yeah. you know? I think and I'll it's try when, to like, hone it. I think well, eventually yeah. I'll try to hone it, you know, when I'm not like raising a toddler, maybe I'll like really try to hone it, but yeah. It's hard I, to why be not when you have a three-year-old? I don't get I mean, it. Why wouldn't you do so that? So much meditation and relaxation time to make your brain what clear. What else but are you doing right now? No. Most of the time it's not helpful. Right. I mean, obviously my brother drowning me, almost dying in childbirth. And then I used to, when my grandmother was still alive, we were very connected yeah. and I could tell, I could tell when she was having a heart attack. Jesus. From like I'd be I like I'd be in college and I would be, have like a feeling and I I call my mom and I'd be like go to Bubba's house right now go to yeah. Bubba's house right now mom's like why I'm like she's having a heart attack she's having a heart attack and I was right almost every time wow Jesus. so those are the only times it was helpful other than that there's been a couple of times where I've like looked at someone and been saying the exact thing they're saying to me at the same time because I had a dream about it yeah that's just like parlor tricks which is kind of fun but. I'm happy that it came through on these couple important occasions. Yeah. It's hard because like I have similar things happen. And like, if you've heard the show, you might've heard about the dreams I've had and like weird things that would happen where my mom and I would like pick up something with your grandfather. Right. Yeah. That same, like it's very vivid and it clings to me for like days. It's still bugging me and I still feel weird about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know how to get better at it either. Yeah. And I'm like afraid to go to a psychic because I'm just like, they're going to tell me stuff. And I just don't want to, <laughs> I don't want yeah. that responsibility. I, mean, right I think now. it depends on, I think it depends on the psychic because all the psychics I've been to have been like recommended and they all, they all have said like, the good news is it seems like your gift is really preventative is a preventative gift. Oh, that's good. So yeah. that's kind of nice, you know, but we'll see anyway. So. I just want to give you that background that this isn't like, so I'm like open to it. Yeah. I think that's an important thing. To yes. Totally. No, is that I'm very open to it. Right. I, I, I'm the person that goes to house sales and buys your dead person's pictures because I think someone should own them. And like, I have this all, this is antique, all very similar. I have all I'm antique jewelry like- because I'm like, Somebody, I feel good vibes about this. Someone should have it. Yes. Like, I have this room that I'm in my office is full of, I have like a whole dead people corner. I was like, this is the dead people corner. Some of them I have I a dead person in this room. I have she part has a of mandible next to her bed. <laughs> and I, I'm usually pretty good. I can tell if it feels like a good thing to yeah. have or not. I just yeah. have like dead people stuff. Cause I just, so I said, I'm open to it. So like, yeah, yeah, it know. feels good. It feels, yeah. it's good vibes on certain yeah. things. It's yeah. like my yeah. percolator. It's like my, <gasps> my ghost. Your haunted old lady percolator. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like stuff like that. I find it. I like, it's like, I can feel it calling to me in like a yeah. secondhand place. And I'm like, Where and I also you? feel like dead people's stuff should be cherished. And exactly. if their family is not cherishing it, which makes me really sad for them, mm-hmm. then yeah. somebody should cherish it because then that gives good karma to the the piece that somebody else really cared enough to put in a picture frame back right. in olden times when it cost a million dollars to even print a damn picture, exactly. you know, yeah, totally. Anyway. Okay. So, okay. so yes. I was dating a man okay. who I met in college. We went to the same college, but I moved, I stayed on the East coast and he moved right away to LA. Mm-hmm. So we were in a long distance relationship for six years mm. wow. and he was, he's a writer. He still is. Um, and he was writing a script with a director who had a, who lived in New York city and had a country house in Connecticut. And so he somewhere like kind of up by the Appalachian trail in Connecticut, 
he was coming to New York to work for two weeks with this director to do fine tuning on the script. And at the end of that visit, I was invited with him because we didn't see each other that much to go to Connecticut. Uh, I was going to drive and meet him there. And we were going to have some time away before he like three days before he had to go back to work with the director. So great. So I drive my little Toyota up to Connecticut to see him. And the owner of the house was going to be back in the city. And he's like, you get three days to, to the house to yourself. And then me, my wife and my two kids will come up. We'll have dinner together. And then you'll go back to the city and, and um, David and I will work up in this a writing retreat. I was like, great. That's awesome. Yeah. So we drive up. I drive up. I see him. And we're excited to see each other. Obviously, we hadn't we have a long distance relationship. And we are staying in like a little guest cottage off the main house. And it's like a restored farmhouse, really lovely restored farmhouse. It was in his family, um, beautiful old farmhouse. And we go up to our room and the first thing we use the bathroom and I'm peeing and there's no toilet paper. And I was like, David, can you pass me some toilet paper? And he's like, looking everywhere. I can't find any toilet paper here. And I'm like, oh, just hand me a piece of paper or whatever. I just don't have to shake. So we're like, we'll go. It was one of those places where you had to really like go into town to get stuff. Right. So I was like, well, when we go into town tonight to get dinner, we have to remember to get toilet paper because we can't find any toilet paper. So he gives me a piece of something. I do some sort of wipe situation. It becomes important to the story later. I'm not just giving you random details. I believe it. I believe it. So we go into town. We have dinner. And it was like a crazy foggy night. This just sets the story up. It's just interesting that these things happened. Right. I don't think this part is related to it, but it just sets the whole tone. So we go to dinner. I have one glass of wine. This is important. I have one glass of wine because my my man did not really drive well. And so I was like, I'm going to have one glass of wine here. We'll buy wine in town and we'll drink back at home. It's mm-hmm. a super foggy night. I don't know the area. I'm like, not going to risk it and have You're more than one glass of wine. Right. Right. So we have lovely dinner. We get a bunch of toilet paper. <laughs> We're going up <laughs> this crazy hill and it's complete fog. Like I can barely see. Right. No. And something tells me to stop the car in the middle of the road. I love that. This is a joy thing. Yeah. This is totally a Yes, I'm like, you in this car. He's like, you should not. Yeah. David's like, you can't stop the car. I'm like, I have to stop the car. I can't see. I have to stop the car. Stop the car. Directly in front of the car is a deer. I stopped right before. The deer let me come up to it, pet it, make direct eye contact. I was like, on your way, little deer. We get back in the car. I was like, well, that was weird. Something That's some told Patrona me to, shit. I'm sorry. And I was like, something told me to stop the car. I did. And then the steer was like, yo, what's up? How you doing? You want to pet me? Great. This is your reward for not hitting me and killing all of us. But I was like shaking a little bit because I was like, so weird that I just knew like, what if we had hit that deer? I really couldn't see. It was like pea soup at the top of the hill. Oh, then we God. got back down and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was weird. That was weird. So anyway, we get back to the cottage and I go up to put the toilet paper in the bathroom and stacked from floor to ceiling, stacked like a joke on top of each other is toilet paper. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> stacked from floor to ceiling. Oh my God. Like a, like a joke. And I, at the time I was like, 
they have a really funny cleaning lady. Like, what? Like, I was like, do they? I literally was like, do they have cameras in here? Because they're kind of bougie. This director is like a big director. I'm like, I bet you they do have cameras. I bet yeah. you they do. And they heard me say that. And they probably have like a housekeeper or something. And they asked her to do it. But yeah, that's funny that she chose to stack from floor to ceiling. I'm like, it's like a Jenga tower. Like, it's so weird. So I like looked at her. I was like, thanks guys for the toilet paper. Like assuming there's like a camera somewhere, but I'm like, how creepy there's like a camera in our bedroom, whatever. Like, oh but I'm like, God. I give zero fucks. So I was like, here's my titties. Here's my hey, camera. <laughs> anyway, I was just like, I was just like, so weird. There's like this toilet paper. So weird. So then open up the second glass, set the bottle of wine. We each have a glass. So now glass two. I, this is very important that you know that okay. I was not wasted or on drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we start having sex because I haven't seen the man in forever and I'm on top and the door opens in the door opens in and I go, <gasps> cause I'm thinking, Oh my God, the director's home with his kids right yeah. now. They're like, whatever. There's a small child that's coming to see your tickle fight. Quote right. unquote. No. No. I get up. I look, nobody's behind the door. I'm like, ah, it's an old house. Ooh. I'm still just like, I'm still just like, whatever. It's an old house. Like, okay. whatever. It's an old house. It probably, the floor is probably on it. Whatever. Okay. I'll just close it. That was weird. Get back to it. So the last thing I remember, this is also an important part of the story. The last thing I remember is being on top and I was not drunk and I was not wasted. I'm Irish. I could have at least four glasses of wine. Probably not even really be that drunk. Sadly, sure. sadly. So I was on top. I don't really remember much after that. And then the flash to I'm sleeping. The bed is uh, uh, I need to give you geography of the room. Yeah. The door is on a diagonal. So it's like an old room. So instead of the door being it's like on the corner. Okay. Mm -hmm. You walk into the door to the left is a bench that I had put my suitcase on to open up so I could like unpack my suitcase and not have it on the floor. Okay. A dresser. That's all that's on that wall. So the bench door opens up bench dresser. Then there's two windows on that other wall. Uh Then the other wall, the twin size bed is pushed or the full, whatever it was pushed up against the wall. And that's it. Okay. So I'm on the side of the bed that is by the wall. And my man is on the side of the bed that looks into the room, kind of right by the door on the corner. So kind of facing that bench, facing that dresser. I hear in the middle of the night, him having what I assume is a nightmare. He's like, you know that. And I, you know, when you sleep with someone, you're like, I don't want to fully wake up, but I want to be supportive. Yeah. I'm like, I want to like make sure he's okay. So I like kind of just pat him on the back and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Whatever. Then I go back to sleep. And I thought it might've been 10 minutes later. I don't know. I hear it again. I'm going. So I like roll over now. So I'm facing him. He rolls over. His back is to the door. And I go, David, are you okay? It's okay. He's like, I need you to look over my shoulder. And I go, but he's like, look at the bench. I need you to look at the bench. And I go, all right. I'm like, thank you. I'm up now. So I like look over his little bony back and sitting on the bench is a colonial woman in a white dressing gown with a bonnet, two black long braids. 
she is doing needlepoint. Her hand is moving. She's got needlepoint. She's doing like darning needlepoint. Her hand is moving. She is made of amber smoke. Whoa. It looked like the best way I could describe it is it looked like she was lit from within. So like, like an amber colored light from within. And then within the parameters of her silhouette was like swirly smoke. So that I could not see my suitcase. So she looked see-through-ish, but she had some density volume because of the smoke. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see my suitcase, which I knew was open on the chair. But she still seemed see-through. Does that make sense? Because it was like swirly. No, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she says without moving her mouth, as ghosts sometimes do, hi, my name is Maggie. Yeah. So I go back down and I go, David, I see a colonial woman made out of amber smoke wearing a white dressing gown doing needlepoint. And he goes, and her name is Maggie. And I go, yep. (gasps) And I go, uh are we having like a hallucination together? And he's like, I was sleeping and I woke up with an erection and I opened my eyes and felt somebody staring at me and saw this colonial woman. That must've been the first time he was like, (sighs) yeah. And he's like, and she was looking straight at me like peering. She wasn't, when I saw her, she wasn't really staring at me. She was still kind of staring at David, but she was like talking to me and she was doing a needlepoint, but like, I didn't feel like her eyes were really, they were looking at David. And she goes, and she said to me, hi, my name's Maggie. I was like, well, that's what she said to me. <laughs> and he's like, and I got an erection. And I'm not really sure if that erection is because I'm just nervous or because it's, I don't know what was up. So I, uh, I go, okay, well, I, I kind of know about ghosts and it's like, seems like residual end intelligence. So I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, I'm, I want to check in on her, but I, I don't really want her to like interact with us too much. Like I feel comfortable with her being just right there. Like I'm not scared of her, but like, I don't want her to like come onto the bed with us. I just like, she's there and I feel okay with that. But like, this is, this is where I'm, I'm good for. So we keep checking. We're like afraid to really make too much eye contact with her because we feel like she's going to like be like, hey, can, can I sit down, you know? Yeah. So we just keep checking at various points. We're like staring at each other being like, is this real? Is this a hallucination? Is it maybe something coming through the window and we're just seeing this apparition? Like, this can't be real. This can't be real. We're like, but we, heard, we see it. So we keep checking. She's still there just like doing my needle point. And then at some point, and the story even gets better in a second. At some point, oh, no. yeah. I don't know what it was. It was like starting to become dawn. And we checked again and she was gone. So we must have, must have checked like seven or eight times. But we really didn't want to keep looking at her because we felt like we didn't want her to think that we were like down to clown. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> How long did that go on? I mean, hours. Do you remember, what? like, did you have a watch on? Do you know, like, around what time it first started by any chance? I mean, if I were to guess, I don't actually know what time. If I were to guess, it happened, like, around 3 in the morning. Oh, hmm. God, ghosts, why are you so predictable? And then sometime around 5 or 6, it was gone. Oh, good God. I know. Maggie. I, I don't know that I've ever heard of something 
manifesting for so long. And and neither David and I felt scared. And That's we actually wild. felt exhilarated. We actually both felt like there was some kind of energy that she was giving us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a boner. Well, it will get to the, that even more so in a second. And then we got up and we like checked for like lighting tricks. I don't know what we thought we were going to see, like whatever. And and we're like, oh man, we got to call the guy whose house it is and see like what happened here. So we call him and he's like, well, my mom died there, but peacefully. And in like the eighties, we're like, no, this is a fucking colonial woman. And he's like, well, the property is, he's like, I, I think I remember the property. He's like, let me go check. I think I remember the property being uh, like a, a place in colonial times for like service people or something. He's like, let me go check. I'll get back to you. I have files on it somewhere. So then we're in town. We go to the library because this is this is early 2000s. This is microfiche. We go check check the microfiche, right? Love it. And as we're in town, David says to me, Carrie, I mean, what a crazy night. First, we have that insane sex. He's like, you choked me. And then you like lady came everywhere and we we had to change the sheets. (gasps) And he goes, goes, and then we see it goes and I go, I go, Oh, hold up. What? Oh my God. And he goes, you, you got on top of me. You were riding me so hard. I was like, I remember being on top of you. He's like, you started choking me and it was like hot for a second. And then it was like, not hot. He's like, but then when I was like, Hey, can you move your hands away from my neck? (laughs) A little bit weird. He's like, then you came girl came like everywhere. Like it was the bed was sopping, sopping wet. I had to change the sheets and you just like, didn't even talk to me after that. And just like rolled over and went to sleep. Oh my goodness. And then both of us at the same time, were like, Maggie. Yeah. That was ectoplasm jizz. You realize that. I don't remember any of that having a ghost take hold of my, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm going to be honest with you, sex with David was never good. It was not really that good. Never. The whole six years, never that good. Sorry, David. No wonder you were choking him. I mean, listen. I mean, I was trying to like mix it up a little bit, hoping that something would be good, but it was never that good. Never that good. So, um, good God almighty. Well, maybe that was bad, but it wasn't good. She was just trying to, you know, facilitate, put a little fun. She was trying to help it. She was just trying to help you help him. So then we were like, oh, well, shit. So then I was trying to like look up ghosts and I was like, is it a succubus? Like, what is it? Like, what is it? So next day, the director comes back and he's like, "Uh, I did a little research. I remember my mom had kept this like whatever. And this was a place where colonial women who lost their husbands or were waiting for their husbands to come back from war could come. And I guess it was like, I don't know what to call it, but like it was a place where like a dormitory area where a bunch of women could live that I guess didn't have enough money to like because they were like either their husbands were killed or they were waiting for their husbands. So a bunch of women could live together and get like support financially, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, she was waiting for her husband to come home and just she needed a little bit of strange. That's how long did this person own the house though? And like not have any of this happen. Well, 
he said that he has seen his mother come to him a couple of times, but never this colonial woman. Hmm. Had he ever been choked out during sex? I didn't ask that. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't tell him that part of the story, but we uh, did tell him the toilet paper thing. And he was like, yeah. that was weird. And we told him the door weird. thing. We left out that I I like basically made his entire room an aquarium. Basically, <laughs> I mean, I'm felt yeah. that good too. Um, speaking about my vagina, um, but I do have to say, I've been able to girl squirt ever since. <gasps> Thank you, Maggie. She yeah. has left me with the gift. She did. Wow. Oh my god! She just unleashed something. And shortly after that, my relationship with him ended. But glad it uh, glad we got that together. So I remember seeing her, but I don't I just I just want to be clear because I did not witness that sexual part. That was David telling me that happened. But I did witness seeing her and I sort of have figured that it all that stuff is related to her. The toilet paper, the, the whole thing, because. It was just, why did I not remember any of that? It wasn't like I was trying. The toilet paper she was stacking because it was like, listen, you'll need all of this later. (laughs) To clean this up. (laughs) She's like, it may be ye old times, but I'm hydrated and ready to go. So the first time that you remember the sploosh effect was later. Yeah. That's Although I did wake crazy. up and the bed did still feel kind of moist. And I remember sure. commenting, that was damp in here. And he was like, <laughs> you know, just felt like, like, yeah. like yeah. but then he didn't tell me till later. Cause I guess he just thought I knew. And right. Like, you were, he's like, you are crazy. He's like choking me. And then he like, didn't talk to me. He's like some role play. And I'm like, say what? He's like, you didn't want to snuggle or anything. You just like got off of me. I was like, done. My ghost pussy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ghost pussy way of the samurai. <laughs> oh my God. That's God. so nuts. But we both saw the exact same. There thing. are just so many things about the story that are like incredible. Like the, the, the possession for lack of a better word. I don't know what to um, call it. I've looked it up. The closest I can think is like, like a siren or like a sci-fi no. or whatever. But it might like just be she, someone jumping you. I was for just like gonna say minute. she jumped you. She jumped yeah. you. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No. If, if, and no. I don't remember it. I just remember being on top and being like, "This is a little bit boring. I wish the sex was better." And Maggie heard you. She was like, "I got you, girl." That's right. And then later she was just like, "Hi." I'm Maggie. I'm Maggie. <laughs> I, I Please think... send all your gifts here to this event. Right. Send right. me some swag, please. I wonder what she send was my... needle pointing. I was just going like, to say, yeah. if she turned it around, it just would have been like a big dick. That's just, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think for me, it's the, it's the <laughs> fact that, oh God. It's the she fact that she is very beautiful and young. So I feel yeah. good that she like, she was very pretty. Just doing some needle point. She sat there for two hours. A long time. Yeah. You know why? Do you know why you were so tired? That's why. Because she was in there and she taking the energy. Sucked it all out of you and sucked it all out of him. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank God I didn't get pregnant with like a ghost baby. What if I got pregnant then? Ghost baby. You wouldn't know. Maybe you had it and you never saw it. (laughs) That's that's what happens. It just bled out of me. It's like a queen. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Every once in a while you feel a tug on your shirt and you're like, what was that? <laughs> Lippy magically turns on by itself in the living room. I was, who did that? It's so weird. Sometimes I feel a letdown and it's just like the milk disappears. I don't know where it's going. So yeah, so that was my ghost story. If you have a scary story of your own that when you listen to us, you think, oh, I should send my stuff in, email us at theresidualspodcast at gmail.com. We also have Instagram, the underscore residuals underscore podcast. And I think we have a Twitter too, don't we, Joy? We do. We definitely have a Twitter. It is at the residuals pod. Just that pod? Just that. Drop the cast for Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, should we get back to the show? Oh, heck yeah. thing is my baby daddy does not believe in any he is like i have one of those in the other room so annoying yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. one night at this new house that when we first moved in he said did you feel the bed shake last night and i go no and i go we don't really live by a subway anymore and he has felt the bed shake. he's like well now i'm thinking that it is haunted because i know you said it was haunted but i don't believe half the shit you say but thanks yeah yeah <laughs> He's like, but you did, you did tell that you almost died. And I know you've been seeing ghosts. And I know Ashley saw a ghost and I did feel the bed shake. But after I did that thing, we haven't felt anything. Holy again. shit. And you looked up from your needle point and you said, hi, my name is Maggie. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is talking about like it being an Italian family thing. So um, my cousin's kid has two kids and um, the, fr- the first kid was like uh, on the spectrum. I forget exactly what. Um, what specific thing he's highly functioning and it's I forget what his specific situation is but mm-hmm. he's very sensitive to sound and noise and stuff like that so when I um, first so I didn't really tell many people I was pregnant because I didn't know what was going to happen because he wasn't supportive I didn't know what was going to happen and yeah. you know, I've kind of a religious family so I didn't want to be like hey I might abort this kid like I don't want to you know I'm religious families. I didn't tell anybody right uh, until I was figuring out and then I lost it and I didn't really want to tell anybody right then either because it was just so new. So like my dad knew and my sister knew, but that's it. So we went to the Feast of the Seven Fishes. I lost the baby in October. Mm -hmm. Feast of the Seven Fishes um, was happening and everybody in my Italian family was going to be coming to this New Year's Eve Feast of the Seven. It happens every year. And I was meeting my nephew for the first time um, or no, maybe not the first time, but it was like he first time when he wasn't like a little baby, right? Yeah. He was maybe he was like a toddler. So I come in. Um, I was feeling really sad at what happens when you lose a baby on the holidays. And I'd also broken up with my boyfriend of six years over this oh. thing. So it was like perfect storm. And I walk in, and this little kid who does not really know me, I mean he knows of me, but he doesn't really know me, walks up. And he first he says, You look like a Barbie doll. I was like, thank you. Oh, I yeah. love you. <laughs> I was like, I did put together a good ensemble today. But and then he looks at me, he puts his hand on my stomach and he says, It's okay. She's up with Yaya, which is my other grandmother. Whoa. And I just was like, no one else was around. And I like started to cry. I was like, thank you. 
I started to cry. I go over to his mother. And I go, hey, can you go? come over here for a second? I was like, nobody else in the family really knows this, but I was pregnant and I lost the baby. Your son just came up to me and said, touch my stomach and said that she's okay. She's up with, you know, the other people that died. And he goes, she goes, oh yeah. He uh, says he sees, uh, our, we called her Aunt Chicky, Aunt Chicky in statues all the time. He's never met Aunt Chicky. Whoa. Aunt Chicky died when I was nine years old. And this oh is this God. kid. And we talk about her occasionally, but we don't really talk about her that much, mm-hmm. you know, cause she's died when I was nine and I'm 43. And this yeah. is happening when I'm like 35 or something like that. Mm-hmm. He says he sees these dead family members in the faces of statues, which is creepy, straight up creepy. But he came up to me and she said that um, she also had a loss of a child before she had these two kids. And he used to come to her bed and say, I know I had it. I know I had another sibling. So I do think it like kind of runs in the, in the family, but I remember Mm -hmm. him doing that and just being like, you know, Oh my God. That's, heartbreaking but also and maybe feel really so much better right yeah Yeah. but it was just like it was just at a front at the time because one I didn't know him that well right Mm -hmm. two I didn't tell anybody three I was like kind of sad showing up to this big family event you know it was like the perfect storm of things and it was just so it it was just so interesting that that, he's also a toddler at the time, right? Like he how, was like, a he's very little? verbal three-year-old. Yeah. Jesus. So, I mean, the last person you're expecting, like maybe one of, you know, it, when you picture something like that happening, I feel like yeah. I always imagine it's like yeah. the older sort of matriarch of the family coming over and being like, it's okay. Don't worry. She's up. Right. You know, right, no. right. not like a he's three-year-old. He's like a little menschy yeah. three-year-old. <laughs> he's like, don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry. She's up there. It's fine. It was weird. He was wearing a suit and smoking a cigar. Yeah, exactly. But like, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm really pissed off. My grandmother, the one that I was so close to, the one that I predicted all her heart attacks, mm-hmm. died now two years ago. And on her deathbed, I was there when she died. I said, you better haunt me, you fucking bitch. You better yeah. haunt me. I want you to haunt me. Uh-huh. Please, please. I want you to come to me. Haven't seen her. Niente. Yeah. So I'm going to share something with you quickly. Mm. Every time... Basically, we interview people. I'm going to say a good 90 to 95% of the time after we've interviewed, things happen. And we interviewed a good girlfriend of ours, Kate Spencer, and her mom had passed away. And her mom would show up to her in the form of electrical disruptions mm-hmm. with lights. Oh, I had one of those too. Okay. So but my dead cousin, my, I had a cousin that died at 18 and at his funeral, um, I had said, if you're here right now, blink that light. He did not like, now blink that light and do that. And then he did all of them in front. Yeah. Oh my right. God. So while we we're, were talking, laughing, I you know everyone's like, you're terrible. I'm like, oh, you're hysterical. Did you say but Kate, well, we, have- we brought this up to Kate. And she was like, okay, but like, just mom, just wait a week. I just need, I can't do it this week. Wait a week. <laughs> it's not a good week, for me. Pencil week, you in for yeah. next week. I just need, a, and give me time. She said, give me like a week or something. Yeah. I think that was the quote. Give yeah. me like a week or something. And a, that's what happened. She woke Nine up days. early. Yeah. She woke up early one morning. No one else was awake in the house. She's making her coffee. And lo and behold, lights. Yeah. Mom saying hi. So it's, it's happened with a lot of the people that we have interviewed. 
Some of them family loved ghosts. We did have one situation with somebody that heard the knocking next to their bed from a not so positive haunting situation they'd had in their previous home. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. So maybe this is an invitation for your grandma to come and say hi tonight. We've had two, well, we've had a couple psychics on mom Taraj, because we, we yeah. I enjoy this. I'd like, yeah. we always, Ashley and I always talk about like, we, and we, we've done this like on a couple like special episodes. We could have, we would love to have separate fringe podcasts. So her fringe podcast would be reality television because she's uh-huh. obsessed with specifically the housewives, but reality television. Mm-hmm. Mine would be cryptozoology and ghosts. Oh. And my brother's, my brother's very into aliens. So I would have like either skincare and ghosts. That would be like my fringe podcast. And Ashley's would be like reality television, deep dive production. So we have had psychics on. Mm -hmm. And every time we've had a psychic on, the psychic, my I have this other grandmother, the Italian one, and we're very much alike. I have her glasses framed in my dead person corner over here. I took them off her dead body before we buried her. I was like, these are mine. Bye. You don't need these anymore. Mm -hmm. Um. And she's funny. I take after her a lot. I look just like her. I take after her. She was a sassy broad, talked about dicks all the time. She was a funny, funny, <laughs> funny, dirty old lady. I love, I love her. I love her. She used to ask for porn every year for Christmas and we would buy her porn. I love Christmas. her. <laughs> like a mag, a video, like that's what she wanted for Christmas. She awesome. died at ripe old age in her late 80s. Anyway, every single psychic we have, they'll give me a reading about something. It'll either be she comes through or my cousin Taylor, who tragically died at 18. He usually comes through. Mm. Then they'll switch to Ashley and they'll be starting to talk about Ashley. This has happened two different psychics. And they're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I have to go back to Carrie. Carrie, whoever it is that's coming to you. First of all, she's loud. (laughs) Second of all, she and both like two different psychics are like, she just like won't let me. She just she's really nosy. And she's like taking over the reading. Like she, she's saying basically to me, like, who gives a fuck about Ashley's people? Let me talk to Carrie some more. Oh my and God. Then she does, and it's this grandmother. And so the last psychic that we had on, I just said, Oh God, it happened again. Ashley's like, fuck your dead grandmother. who Constantly <laughs> takes over every single psychic reading we have. Fucking Mamu, every time you want to come through, can't you give me a second chance? Like, I haven't heard anything about my people. It's just your fucking grandma every time. And the psychic, and the psychic's like laughing. He's like, she's really, she's really bossy. So he goes, well, listen, ghosts are, they're just like they were in real life. And I was like, well, my grandmother was like the lady from 227 hanging out the window, gossipy, 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 everybody's business, everybody. And he's like, as a ghost, She's exactly the same way. She's interrupting every other reading. She's t- making me tell you like some stupid shit and it's making me laugh. I'm laughing here. Like tell you, <laughs> tell your dad to shave his mustache. It looks ugly. Like all this kind of stuff. And, he, and I go, well, you know, that's funny. You should say that because the grandmother that I really, not that I don't love my mom, but like I've heard right, from right. her a lot. My grandmother that I really want to hear from. She could barely return a phone call, that bitch. She was very shy. She didn't like to talk too much. She was the worst communicator. You had to call her. She could not pick up a phone to save her life. She didn't speak to her brother for like four years because she just didn't want to pick up the phone. And I think that's what she's like as a ghost. She's like, eh, 
I don't really, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to reach out. It's too too much much effort. Yeah. It's too much effort. She's like an old stoic Irish lady. She's like, you had enough of me. Yeah. It's like, they don't, they don't do anything. They don't go to the doctor. No, They don't like, they don't do anything. But my grandmother that was in my business all the time, the last reading she was like, the last reading she was like, literally, she was like, you know, I always liked your hair short. Why are you trying to grow it out? That was what she said. And she said that to me every time I grew my hair out. She's like, I like it better short. Second reading, she was like, why are you growing your hair out? I like it short. I'm like, thanks, grandma. You couldn't tell me what numbers to play. Instead, you're going to tell me you like my hair better short. Thanks. I know, right? (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Useless. Useless. No. Oh, but anyway, we'll, see. So we'll, we'll see. see. You get like the three crazy bitches together, and it's like the witches of Eastwick, and some right. shit boils over. And then the Ladies, next thing you know, I just want to like come and just like listen on your podcast all the time because this is my secret. My secret life is I want to have a ghost podcast. So I love the, I mean, listen, I'm here for it. I love what you're doing. Oh my God. Come back. Thank come you back. so much. Um, come back. Um, oh my gosh. To what? It. What? I have I have a crazy idea. Oh Jesus! Um, we do something called scare mail, mm-hmm. where people write into us oh. if they're creepy mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And so, but we're doing this with Betsy, where the Why Mommy Drinks listeners will be writing into us, and Betsy's going to come on and read some of their scare mail with us. Yeah. If so. you would love to do that with some of your yeah. mom taraj spooky bitches. I would love to do that. Yes. It's it's so much fun. And I like like listening to the stuff that you're describing and the way that like things happen for you and like how you get feelings and stuff. I relate to it a lot. So I kind of want to like do a little tennis back and forth with yeah. you about things some other time too. Yeah. And just sort of have like a and be like real hey, friends. Let's like be real friends. Let's be yeah. Real friends. <laughs> I have to say, like friends. Carrie, everything that you've been saying about your experiences, it's like I've got you here, I got Joy here, and in the middle, I got these little boxes, and it's just like check. Yeah. Check, pulls a lot over of the is... car, check. Yeah. yeah. The dreams, check. Like all this shit. Oh, you're Italian and Irish? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's bonkers. Oh, I just want to say one more thing. Do Mm. it. Sorry. Sorry. May I? Yes. No. So much. Yes, of course. No, shut. We're not doing anything. So when I was like 14 years old, is that when you're a freshman in in high school? Right? 14? Oh, I don't know this game. I started too early. Okay. (laughs) By the way, BT dubs, Joy is terrifyingly intelligent skipped a bunch of grades it's mm-hmm. that's not true it's it, not Doogie true she's, not, called you she's, she's a, a smart she's nothing i could have skipped two but i didn't Got she it. is a smart cookie i failed remedial math three times in college so Yo, we fuck math. she did fuck her homework math. she got good grades good i good was job. unconscious in someone's basement most likely <laughs> Covered in my own urine and vomit. Yeah, me too. Yes. So as you I did. I had my moment. Yes. Okay. Yes. 14 is okay, yes. So 14, 14 said grandmother that died recently, the Irish staunch, quiet one who I was very close to, mm-hmm. um, her husband died. He was a My grandfather was like a raging alcoholic. We're surprised he lasted as long as he did. I was raised in a house with them, with my mom, because my mom was a single mom. So I was raised in that house. Very. Are we having the same life? 
we're having the same life. a little bit okay yeah okay yeah that's just just, mm-hmm. just a little bit a little bit guys um, eyes have popped so sorry. far out of her face that they've gone all the way from long beach to new jersey that yes. is what's happening right if i could now. get the rest of me over yes <laughs> so when he died i had just i had just my uh, it's not really important but my mom had just gotten remarried and I, we moved 15 minutes away Mm-hmm. And I had been like so upset because I was like really close to my grandmother. She was my other mother, but I moved 15 minutes away. So my grandmother calls me and she's like, I need you to come over. My mom worked nights. So she was already at work in the ER and I forget where my stepdad was. Uh, he might've been sleeping already. My stepdad goes to bed very early and my grandmother called me and she had that like panicked voice. And she's like, I need you to come over right now. And I was like, is everything okay? She's like, no, can you come over right now? No, I don't have a driver's license. I take a car, I drive over there and my grandfather is actively dying on the couch and my grandmother is upstairs hiding in the closet. Oh my God. Honey. So I call my, my aunt, she's about ready to have a baby like pop. I'm like, can you come over here too? It's like, I call my mom, she's at the hospital. So we go over there and my grandfather is actively dying and me and my aunt, um, are with him as he's passing. And I am so thankful for this because I witnessed what it's like to feel, well, to have feel them expire, like no heartbeat, but the soul is still in the body or whatever you want to call it. And then it like was in there for a little while, even after he was dead. And then it like was in the room and not in his body. And then it like hung out in the room for a little bit and then it was gone. Yep. And then it, he was just like a dead body and the soul was somewhere else. And I've never been afraid of death since then. It was like the nicest thing that could have, he could have ever done for me because as gruesome and scary or whatever you want to think it was, I mean, it was a natural death and like natural yeah. causes, you know, yeah. cirrhosis sort of natural, you know, sort of, but it was like uh I just knew there was a difference between having your body like work and then your soul in it and then having your soul still be in your body when your body doesn't work anymore and then your soul be in the room and then something happening. Mm -hmm. And so it made me never afraid of any of that stuff. And I think it kind of opened a door to me because I think I sort of feel like it was proving ground <laughs> where it's like, I was already kind of sensitive. And then the fact that I was just like, okay, this is okay. Like, I think yeah. it just, I don't know. It just, it set me up for not really being weirded out. I'm not like weirded out by death. It doesn't right. weird me out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same reason why, like, for the most part, Ghosts don't weird me out. I went through that with my uncle. I was there with my uncle when he passed away in hospice mm-hmm. and held his hand. And I was there with my mom, who's his sister, and his and my aunt. And it was being able to tell him, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. a, you don't have to fight so much. Mm-hmm. And it was suddenly the peace, his body relaxed for the first time. It was pretty, it was fucking awful cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was suddenly his body was like, okay. And it was exactly what you said. He was still in there, but for a time, it was like it was taking a time to finally stop fighting and to rest, be okay. And then it's like we felt this immense, instead of this 
juddering, soul-destroying grief, we felt peace because we knew that he wasn't in pain anymore. It was almost like he was in the room letting us know how much he appreciated us yeah. not being alone, that we were there yeah. with him and that he he was with loved people that loved him dearly and that saying to us, it's okay, I'm going to go now. And I mean, exactly I just think that. so many people are afraid of dying. Yeah. And so I was just so thankful that that happened to me at such an early age. I've never really been afraid of it. I mean, nobody wants to die a terrible death, of course, no, but, no. but I think regardless of whatever way you die, the end is comes peacefully at some point. And right. so it, it just always made me, I'm just really thankful for that. But I wonder too, if that didn't set up kind of like a standard at that point where like, yeah. it's like, okay, you, you're, you know, I just, I always wonder about that. Although I was having things happen to me before that, but, um, I think it's that validation. it was just like, yeah, I just yeah. feel. And so I think that the rest of the stuff doesn't like freak me out anymore, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, and I, what, I want to talk more about this some other time. I have lots yeah. of weird things that I've been noticing since we've done this podcast where I'm like, I don't ever really think about wow, like how I'm going to feel when I die. I've never had the concern about like, oh, this is going to hurt. Like I've never, yeah. ever. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's weird. Like people probably worry that like. A lot of people might worry. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, well, it's my time. It's my time. But I'm always <laughs> more like panicked about it in an emotional way. Right. Like someone's being taken away from me. I'm being taken away from someone, but never have I ever been like, Oh gosh, that's really gonna suck because it'll hurt a lot to die. Right. Never. I'm and I I just feel like exploring this whole idea. Yeah, yeah. More, and like an anthropological sort of yeah. like social way brain. too. Yeah, anyway. my like sociocultural. Blah, blah, blah. I, I do I just have I just have one more question for you. Yes. Because I think we're gonna have to probably have you back. Yes, please okay, come back. Sure. Yeah, please. please. I would You're love to. have to, whether you want okay. to or not. All right. uh, we now fine. have your telephone number and uh, I it. have And now we're you. friends. Yes, and now we're all, <laughs> also, you and I are now friends on the Book of Faces. So yes, exactly. The Fache, um, Fache book. Yeah, fast. <laughs> um, sorry, my bad. <laughs> we're on, me we're meta now. Listen, my grandfather always said Fache Brut. So. Fache Brut. Oh. That's, that's why I call it Fache yeah. Brut. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Here's, here's my, so this happened when you were 14 and you're saying that like things started to really start after that being that he was in the room and then he moved up. If he's moving up, that's because something's opening up to let him in, to let him out. Mm -hmm. You're in the room at the same time as this opens up. Do you think that that has anything to do with why suddenly at that age, your experiences and your stuff really started to I mean I honestly can't say because it didn't feel like a direct correlation. It just right. feels like a bunch of things that have happened to me that make me be that that have made me more apt okay. to listen. Because I sometimes feel like people don't listen mm -hmm. to these things. Mm -hmm. right. I think that I think that a bunch of these things have set me up to be one of the people that can listen in a different kind of way. Like, right. I feel like everyone kind of has the gift, but mm -hmm. we just like shut it down or we don't listen or whatever. And I just think there was a bunch of set of circumstances that have led me to, to listen when people are not to quiet things, you know, like whether it's my family kind of believing in it. And so I didn't think it was weird. And then this thing, I just think it like, I am like a little bit more open and quiet 
it's another one of those circumstances that have just, I don't know if it was direct, but it was just like another thing that led me to like, maybe listen and look in places that people wouldn't normally. Right. Oh my God. All right. We're leaving it there. Yes. We have something that we do at the end of all of our episodes, which is the gratitude moment. So we each go around to say something that we're grateful for today. So, okay. All right, Carrie, Carrie, you'll go. All right. Well, I'm going to be cheesy and say, I'm really grateful to meet two like-minded people for reals. Like what a joyful conversation. I'm grateful that I got to have two beers and just chat with some, because I don't like a lot of people. So I really like, like, I understand. I'm like, I'm like Drake, no new friends. Like, but seriously, I love you guys. So I'm super. We love you. And I went to Ikea and they had everything that was on my list, which is so rare. Stop. Oh my God. Did you go to Elizabeth? No, we went to Brooklyn actually. (laughs) I'm right by the Paramus and the Elizabeth one. We went into Brooklyn, but they actually had all the things on my list. That's amazing. Never happens. And how about you guys? Joy, what's your Emily? Oh shit. Yeah, no, I got in first. You, you. Okay. Uh, I am grateful that we have a new addition in our family um, and I didn't have to have double sciatica to get it this time. <laughs> we uh, we got a kitten <laughs> and her name is Rocket and she's cute and she's a calico and I already love her. I'm very happy. Oh, I you. Um, I'm grateful that my child has her first best friend. And when I say best friend, I mean, my kid talks in her sleep a lot. She talks about her best friend in her sleep. Oh, and it's that kind so of like, they're, they're kind of obsessed with each other. Like, like the guy from you a little bit, but they don't <laughs> want to kill each other, you know? Yeah. So they're just, it's, and it's the best thing ever. And one of the glorious glorious benefits of it is that when my kid in the morning is like, I don't want to go to school. I want to stay home. I'll text her best friend's mom who also like legit another bonus of it. She's rad. And I really, but like I hate her. that when you're the best friend and the parents have died. That's the yes. worst. Her, her mom. Oh, God. Is like, oh. Yeah, actually this is also like the mom from my why mommy drinks episode when my child basically were no longer allowed in Barnes and Noble anymore, but that's, <laughs> Uh, yes. Anyway, so I will, together. Yeah. So I'll text her mom and be like, listen, I need your help. Next thing we know, we get a video from her best friend going, I can't wait to see you this morning. I'm waiting for you at school. And suddenly my kid who's been dragging the feet is like, let's go. Get it. We got to go. She's at the door. She's got her shit. And I'm like, uh, oh, uh, great. Right. So that that is what I'm grateful for. That's Very a nice. really good yes. one. That's oh, a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Parenting win. Well, Carrie. Yes. Thank Jen. you. Thank, thank you. you. Guys, listeners, listen to Momdrage too. Yes. Fuck yes. Um, yes. Please listen we, to we it. We don't only talk about mom stuff. I just want to let everyone know, like, there's lots of, like, men that listen to our show. We mostly talk about, like, I mean, I do talk about my vagina a lot, but men seem to have liked my vagina up to this point. So maybe you will too. But we, uh, you know, we talk about all sorts of shit, gossip and just other shit. Like it's, it's parenting a little bit, but it's also just, you know, just shit that's going on. So so get more of Carrie on (laughs) Momtourage with Ashley. Yes. Listen to them. 
And then we maybe will have Ashley on sometime too. Yes. We'll just like shoot the shit together. She has some like Santeria because she's Latina. <gasps> really? She has some like Santeria stories. Wow. A curse was put on her family. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. I'm just, I'm just stoked that like, you know, one of, one of the shows that's in my downloads in in my folder like that you're here talking to us and like instead of me thinking that we're friends because I'm listening we're like, real to friends. you and my yeah, kids, like, real friends. No. Yeah, we're I'm friends. not just like talking back to myself pretending I'm having a conversation with you I'm actually yeah. having a conversation with you yes. so I I'm mad stoked on that right. well, have well, a lovely evening guys you All right, my darling. Too. thank you so much and I, I'm gonna give you one little tidbit write your grandma a letter tonight before bed and put okay. it next to your bed because if she needs someone to reach out to her. Just write to her. Write oh, to her. I will. You're so nice, Emily. Thank you, yes. Emily. And until next time. Until next time. Sage your sofa. And don't be afraid of the dark. But I will. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. 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 Dirty jurors, bitches.